Thank you for joining us this week on the Power 5 Podcast. My name is Kevin, and this week we tackle our favorite sequels as we continue our movie series. Joining us on the pod this week is Christian Todd and co-host of the Morgan Thomas Show and contributor for RubbingTheRock.com, Houston Burnett. Houston, thanks for joining us on the Power 5 Podcast, and welcome. Yes, sir, man. Glad to be here. Glad to talk movies. Love, I mean... If there's a second love outside of sports, college football, college sports, everything, it's definitely uh, definitely some sports and entertainment and movies, man. So I'm ready to talk sequels tonight, baby. I love it, man. Well, we're so excited to have you, Christian, here. And Houston, I will tell you, you know, Morgan, he killed it with the comedies. But he said, if you want to talk to someone as a, a bigger movie junkie than him, it was you. So uh, we're excited, man. We're, we're ready to have you. Um, you know, Kevin, you probably have a few questions for Houston here, you know, maybe off the cuff, maybe some rapid fire. You know, if movies is his thing, you know, what you got? Yeah, I mean, the first thing is you know what is your lane man of movies what is your favorite go-to uh genre of movies that's that's hard to say man like i don't think it's much as a genre as much as it is like the mood of the day like there's certain movies that i have to watch if it's like dark and rainy outside like if it's a rainy november day or it's close to then i'm watching v for vendetta or watchman or stuff like that or if it's um, a comedy, I'm always going to kind of stick with. Uh, I know last week there was mention of Anchorman not being as fun, funny for some, but like certain comedies like that from back in back in like the mid 2000s. I have a very mid 2000s kind of flair to, to some of the things that I like. So if Napoleon Dynamite is on TV and it's just like kind of rolling through, some people might not think it's funny, but I remember going with a bunch of, I was an eighth grader going with a bunch of college guys to see that movie in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and everybody's just dying laughing. So that was just something to me. So it's not as much the 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 genre itself as much as kind of like the mood of the day for right, me. I like that. I, li- I like that. You're getting a little deeper than uh, Colin, who's usually on. He's not on tonight. Uh, he's probably watching a few rom-coms <laughs> to kill his Monday night. But t- Todd, you know, Todd has been joining us. He's officially reserved a seat on the pod. I just want to say, hey, Todd, how you doing, buddy? What's up, man? Glad to be back. Glad to have our uh, our Vin Diesel of the pod back tonight. As much as he loves Fast and the Furious, I'm sure we'll we'll hear a few of those tonight. Am I right, buddy? Oh yeah, got a list full of them. <laughs> well, I see you've been eating those goldfish. That's why I thought you were orange tonight. You got an orange mug and a thing of goldfish. It's hit the light just right. So love that. Our our regional Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Houston. <laughs> That's what I was Houston, going for. We have a problem. I got a, I got a question for you then. Uh, do you have a, a decade where you think movies have like hit a peak? Like what's, do you have a decade that you would say that decade movies, I want them all. You know, I don't think it's necessarily for like the decade itself. I think there's certain like, for instance, the coming of age story that's in the eighties. That's why all the eighties things are like in the eighties or like the nineties are kind of like, I don't know why this movie keeps coming into my head for the nineties, but like night at Roxbury, like those types <laughs> yes. of humor or like SNL driven character comedies right, right. that peaked in the nineties. Whereas like, yeah. And where you get to like, we're hitting the, the twilight of superhero movies. I feel like, like in game was it is over. Is like, that right, Kevin? No spoilers, right, Kevin? Where are you at? I'll tell you what, well, I'm, I'm still on WandaVision, but yes, Endgame, I, I'm not sure how much, how, how it can get better than Endgame. Yeah, well, if if Phase 4 and 5 are any indication, it's not. So, like, I feel <laughs> That's like... That's a bold prediction. Just, look, this is just going off of what I've seen from the shows and, and the <laughs> yeah. movies that I have seen. It's just... And I, I was I was watching the Comic-Con stuff, and I was just like, man, it ain't got the same buzz, like... They 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 went all in, and you have you now have the properties like the X Men, Fantastic Four, and you're still kind of figuring out how to like maneuver all this. I just assume if you want to 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 really get people going, blow the whole dadgum thing up and start over. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, figure out where Deadpool fits in. You know, don't just throw them <laughs> on Disney Plus and tell your kids not to watch it because they're gonna watch it. Yep. <laughs> yep. 
the passion for cinema, man, is coming through. There's no doubt about it. Well, we're looking forward to ranking some sequels tonight. And guys, I'm just going to be honest with you. At first, I don't know how excited I was about ranking sequels just because typically they're not great movies. But, you know, the further outside the box I got, the more I kind of just really dove into the type of movie that I like, the type of movies that I've seen. Man, there are some really, really good sequels, especially in the comedy genre. So I'm looking forward to to seeing where everybody's landing tonight. Kevin, can I make a bold prediction that there might be some Quentin Tarantino on your list tonight? Am I right or am I right? I mean, he's fantastic. Kill Bill Volume 2. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I don't want to spoil anyone tonight. Right. but it's coming. I mean, I know how big of a fan you are, especially what was that movie you like, Pulp Fiction? Yes. Bring out the gimp. <laughs> hey, let's get right to it, man. Christian, obviously, you're going first. Houston, we're going to let you bat in the two-hole, Todd third. Now close this out in the four-hole. Let's get to it. All right, let's do it. Number five. All right, guys, tonight we're talking about our top five movie sequels. And what we always like to do before we start is talk about our criteria. So my criteria, it might be the same. It might be different from you guys. This has to be the second movie. Okay, it can't be the third movie or the fourth movie, even though I think if you look up a definition, a sequel could be something that keeps going in a line of movies, could be a trilogy, could be something else. But for me, I'm sticking to the purity of the second film. Okay, so keep that in mind when I'm giving it to you. So my film number five is actually coming to you from the horror genre. So this might be a little different from what you guys have heard from me recently. But if you know me and you've listened to the pod, this won't be a surprise. All right. The year is 1997. A girl that you may know by the name of Sydney has gone from high school to college. All right, guys, this is none other than the 1997 Wes Craven horror flick Scream 2. Now, a lot of people might give this movie some flack. I personally think Scream 1, the original Scream, is one of the best movies. It would be in my top 10 movies of all time. So you know that about me. Okay, Rotten Tomatoes gave this 81%, which is really good. I mean, talking about the tomato meter over here, right? So, you know, Scream 2, I mean, what you need to know about this, guys, is it was the 90s. This movie came out literally a year after the original because the first one got so much success. And quite honestly, for me, again, I was about 11 years old when this movie came out, so I did not see it in theaters. I watched it later on. But every year around Halloween, I watched the entire Scream series. I watched the new Scream in theaters this year, and I will be seeing Scream 6 or whatever they call it when it comes out in March of 2023. But ladies and gentlemen, give me Scream 2 coming in at number five. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. So I'm I'm down I'm two hole here. So I, I and if the the definition of sequel is different than everybody else's, I apologize. I actually did include some number threes that were a part of this, or or, or not directly number twos, because there might be some movies on this list down the road that are a part of a series of movies that this particular sequel grows a lot more than or, or, or brought in a lot more attention than the actual first movie itself but i'll get to that in a little bit the first one i'll say is actually a number two and that is shrek 2 shrek 2 is arguably one of the best sequel comedies and it's a kids movie too it's one of the few movies that i remember going to see in theaters with my family and actually not being embarrassed to be with my parents in the theater it was hilarious there were 90s references that i got there were references that my parents got. There were references that my brothers, my whole family went. It was an absolute blast. Shrek 2, I'll at least put it in my top five because it's one of those things that uh, you want to talk about the, the mid-2000s nostalgia and flair that are coming back. Shrek 2 kind of fits that mold. How about that? Kevin, this is right up your alley. I mean, Kevin's usually our sort of more animation type guy, but what are your thoughts, man? You know, I don't know, but I'll just tell you this. Spoiler alert, Mike Myers is coming back. <laughs> I love the Halloween series. I can't wait. <laughs> no, talk about that cast, Houston. I mean, obviously, everyone knows Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz. The voice cast of those movies are incredible. The soundtracks yeah. are incredible. And, you know, again, that was, you know, mid-2000s, 2004, right? I remember seeing that in Pennsylvania, I think on like a summer trip with family as well. And again, no shame in that because I mean, quite honestly, it's a good flick. <laughs> it's yeah. the- yeah, I, I saw the Shrek movies as well in the theater. And, you know, if you listen 
to to our pod, then you, you realize I'm not much of a movie rewatcher. So honestly, I can't tell you the last time I watched Shrek number two. I have actually seen it on on TV quite often lately, just kind of scrolling through, but I haven't necessarily watched it. But man, DreamWorks has put out some solid animated movies. There's there's no doubt about it. And you know. <laughs> Just like what you mentioned with the Marvel Universe, I feel like the animated movies are taking a dive as well, regardless of which company is actually putting them out. But, you know, that was that was a sweet spot back in the day when when Shrek was getting put out, put out. And again, the thing he pointed out that was so good is there's a lot of humor in there that's good for adults or stuff for kids. You know, it, it really keeps you entertained no matter what what age you are. That's a great pick. Hey, for me and my number five, I took I, I took kind of the same approach that opposite of what what Christian did, and didn't just select number only number two movies. Actually, the one I took at number five would be considered, I guess, a number seven. I took the movie Creed, uh, which is a continuation of the Rocky series. Man, I love the Rocky series so much. You know, if you guys remember patriotic movies, I took Rocky Four, my favorite movie of all time, and this was just a great continuation of that. Some interesting things about that movie. Sly Stallone won tons of awards for Best Supporting Actor for that movie. It grossed $173 million on a $40 million budget. And it was also, I found this interesting, they released it in November, so it would coincide with the 40th anniversary of the first Rocky movie release. So uh, Creed for me at number five. How about that? Not a surprise. I knew that Todd, and he he might have more coming back, honestly. I mean, Todd's the guy that runs up and down the steps shirtless, you know, beating the big (laughs) dead cows in the locker room right so i mean this guy loves the rocky series and nothing but respect there michael b jordan you know not the bulls michael jordan i mean what a great actor plays that role to the t apollo creed's son love it boom nice nice pick all right so christian i take your kind of approach to this part of my criteria was number two movies only and i didn't know how you guys were going to do it was three equals technically a sequel are we calling them trilogies One thing that I did want to go over before I actually get into my rankings, guys, you know, Colin is not with us. He's he's with us in spirit, but I think we all know. He's in peace. I think we all know how he feels about the land before time. Guys, did you realize realize that there are 16 land before time movies? I did not. 16? 16. Get out. There's 16 land before time movies. So I'm actually glad that Colin's not on this episode because I feel like all five would be land before times, right? What would number one be? Probably the the OG. Well, actually it couldn't be land before time number two. And you can uh, say that because he will not listen to this episode. No, of course he's not. (laughs) You You got a better chance of Brant popping out behind me. Oh, hey, Brant. You know, there's three states that still haven't downloaded the Power 5 podcast, Maine, North Dakota, and Utah. All three states, Colin planted his seed at some there, point yeah. in time and couldn't just, you know, <laughs> throw us a little seed out there and get us to download, man. Come on, Colin. If you're listening, Colin, yeah. come on, buddy. Anyways. All right. So I'm going with the second movie in a series, if it's actually part of a series. That's what's kind of makes up my criteria but here we go guys i mean meet the parents was in my all-time top five top five comedy movies of all time so i'm going right back to that well with the sequel to meet the parents called meet the fockers okay i mean you can't say gaylord fokker without laughing you can't say roz fokker bernie fokker right 2004 80 million was the budget 522 million i mean just an absolute home run of a comedy back in 04 listen one of my favorite quotes of the movie and just to just to remind you right the burns and the fokkers are going to meet together right so jack burns and his wife they're going to go down to miami with pam and and greg fokker and turns out that pam's pregnant but they don't want to tell jack and pam's mom because you know they don't want any kind of disappointment since they're not quite married yet but they end up getting married down there but one of my favorite quotes of the whole entire movie is Dustin Hoffman, who plays Bernie Fokker, and uh, Roz Fokker, who's played <laughs> get off these days. Evan, you're going to have to edit this entire thing because you can't say that on the show. <laughs> played by Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Anyways, they're sitting there having dinner at the Fokker's house, and they 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 get this bright idea. Oh, we're gonna throw a big party. We're gonna invite we're gonna invite all of our families. All the Fockers are gonna come to this big party. And, 
<laughs> Jack Birds, man. Robert De Niro just straight faces all get out. He says, 50 fuckers. What could be better? Just like that. Just <laughs> drop to the bone. Hey, man. are you looking at me, Jinxie Cat? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Listen, love it. Number five, meet the fuckers. How about that? I, I had to know that, man. I know you're a huge, you know, meet the parents guy and that's a good pick, man. Very solid. Way to go. I can't wait to see the other four because that's a good flick. All right, guys. Number four. All right, coming in at number four for me, when I finished my list, guys, I had no clue that this was actually just going to be a 90s list for me. And you're going to see that throughout the night. Did not do that intentionally. But when I look back over all the different decades that I've been alive and all the different sequels, it's just how it panned out. So this movie for me, pretty nostalgic. It's a long line of movies in a series that's had very different renditions and different cast of playing this character. But I think you all will connect with this. This movie came out June 19th, 1992. My birthday's June 18th. My brother was actually born four days prior to this movie's release date. And at the time, I don't know if you remember the 90s, but McDonald's was actually promoting this movie. And so anything on their bags, on their fries, on their cups was going to have pictures of this movie. It is the Tim Burton second edition of Batman. It is Batman Returns. If you remember this movie, it had Danny DeVito playing the Penguin. We had Michelle Pfeiffer playing Catwoman. You had Christopher Walken. I mean, talk about a dark movie. Again, you guys know me. I'm a huge fan of the Michael Keaton Batmans. Uh, when I was a little kid, the first Batman scared me. I got over that. I came back for more. This movie got 80% Rotten Tomatoes. Actually, only made $266.8 million in the box office, which, again, it's early 90s. But I feel like for a Batman movie, that doesn't feel like a lot of money, especially today. But I've actually gone back and watched this movie a lot recently. And after seeing the latest Batman with Robert Pattinson, don't know if anybody's seen it. Love it. Great film. Amazing. I will see whatever sequels they make. But they didn't, in my opinion, do the penguin justice. I need my penguin sliding on ice with actual penguins. And that's what I got in 92, because back in the 90s, anything was possible. Follow your dreams. Danny DeVito, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it is Batman Returns at number four. How gross was Danny DeVito? Ah. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> like the blue yeah. tongue. The blue He's what I look and- like when I take my shirt off every morning. Still the same character on It's Always Sunny, too. He is exactly that guy. Yeah, yeah. Frank Reynolds. Love it. Yes. Go yeah. for it. Go for it. Dude, love yeah. the movie. Love that pick. I I remember it very, very well. I think it's a solid, solid Batman, Batman sequel. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I know there might be a little recency bias, but I feel like I need to lay my stake and claim in this. My number four, 1.24, currently in the box office still. I'm a big IMDb guy, 8.6 on IMDb. Top Gun Maverick has to make it on here. Has to make it. I think everybody Um, on here will clap for that. I don't even think, you know, go for it. Absolutely. How is it not? I mean, it's just one of those things. And look, I'll be honest. Top Gun was on TV all, all the time when I was growing up. I didn't really watch it all the way through. I watched the first one all the way through because of the second one and I have a greater respect for the first movie and kind of the, the aura and respect for the air force and the, the, the like manliness of the first one, because I saw the second one, um, the second one, the, the visual effects in this movie, you don't see it like this anymore. There's not a ton of green screen. Tom Cruise shows why he's one of the absolute top best actors in the world yeah, he's a little cuckoo in the head sometimes, but the man can absolutely act, and he is absolutely great with stunts. Top Gun Maverick deserves to be on this list. That's why I went ahead and, and staked it as a claim here. I love it. I don't think, you know, here's the thing. I have not seen it, okay? The other guys have seen it. I know everything about it, and like you said, it caused me to go back, and I watch Top Gun once a week now, the original. I've heard <laughs> that on August the 23rd, it will be available on demand. So my cheap butt is going to wait till the 23rd and spend $20 to watch it on my TV because I can't find a babysitter. So if anybody wants to watch Reed, I got two tickets. Let's go see Top Gun Maverick before it's out of theaters. If not, I will gladly pay the 20 bucks, watch it at home. But Todd, Kevin, I know you guys have been raving about it too. What do you think? Man, I'll tell you, you need to spend the money to go see it in the theater. Uh, it is that mm-hmm. good. Uh, and I'll, I'll come to down to Atlanta and see it with you, buddy. Come on, hot date. Let's go. <laughs> Hottison. I mean, 
the fact that it made a top five speaks for itself. But I mean, it, it you're arguably selling it short, putting it at number four. You know, I mean, it's that good, Christian. That's what I. That's what I'm saying. And yes, you're exactly Sorry. right. Houston recency bias, but there there has not been. I feel like this much hype around a movie where everyone feels the same way in a in a really really long time and you know you just don't get movies like this in 2022 anymore there's always a hidden agenda i feel like there's always something that's trying to get pushed and in this movie it wasn't i mean it was just just a classic movie right i mean it's no no kevin i'm gonna stop you there the hidden agenda is mustaches because you grew one after this so and i I just shaved it shaved (laughs) it saturday night miles teller and mustaches they're influencing you and i don't like it i'm kidding i love it but here's what i will say is it fair to say that top gun maverick might have single-handedly saved the movies man possibly yeah i think there's a good chance because so many people that i know haven't been to the movies at least pre since pre pandemic, right? I you know, went back and have seen that. And I'm, and the thing that's wild to me is no matter what age people I've talked to, whether they're teenagers, young, old, you know, everybody raves about it at the same level. It's pretty wild. Yep. And I know how much you hate John Hamm. So to get you to go see it, that's pretty cool, Todd. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, knew, so knew, knew it would be in there, Houston. Nice. That's pick. good. Great, great pick. So for me, my number four movie is, and this has appeared on a, a my superhero list a couple weeks ago, but I had to bring it back, Spider-Man 2. The Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans are the best to me, and it grossed $789 million. You know, the villain in there was Dr. Octopus, who was just a great villain. Uh, it's a 90, 93% on the, the tomato meter. And I think the same thing that probably sold it for me back in the day was the Upside Down Kiss. No, I just remember there was a lot of hype about that that kiss in the movie. But uh, I just love Spider-Man series. Love him as a superhero. And, and that second one, to me, I think might have even been better than the first. I like it, Todd. Remember when you tried that Spider-Man kiss with your wife and you fell off the roof? That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, it didn't end well. <laughs> she tried to take your mask off, but that was your face. So she couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, what I will say, though, is, Todd, when you said – you know, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's all the are the best. I don't want to spoil anything, but he was actually in the last one in 2021 in December. Spoiler alert. Uh, right. Have you seen that one? I have. I have. Did you think I, that was that pretty epic? Me. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it, it was still cool wasn't the touch. same as those, but it showed so, you the power of Toby, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being in I that movie was, is why I saw it. I thought it was a cool touch. You know, I'm yep. glad you brought back a movie that's already been mentioned before in, in your previous list. That was part of my criteria, too, Todd, is just trying to stay away from those repeats. Just to, Otherwise, I feel like I get too locked in. Like, there, were, there was one movie that I left off my list tonight just because I've mentioned it before in a previous, previous list that probably would have been in there. Matter, matter of fact, I know it would be in my top five list. But um, that was something I was trying to stay away is just repeating anything that had been in previous lists. But here we go. Coming in at number four for me, we're staying in that comedy zone. It's going to be Wayne's World number two. If you build it, they will come. Spoken by Jim Morrison, right? No yeah. truer words have ever been spoken. No, we're not talking about Field of Dreams. We're not talking about <laughs> that, guys. We're talking about Wayne Stock. Right. I don't know if y'all remember the movie. Obviously, Mike Myers, Danny Carvey making a return. Tons of cameos in the in the movie. Well, Christopher Walken stars in it, but we got tons of cameos by the whole entire band of Aerosmith. Drew Barrymore, Heather Locklear, Kim Basinger, Ed O'Neill, Jay Leno, Charlton Heston even makes a, an appearance. 1993, 40 million uh, was the budget. 72 million is what it ended up bringing home. If you guys don't remember, essentially, Wayne has this dream. Jim Morrison tells him to go and throw a music festival called Wayne Stock the whole t- entire time. He and uh, what was his girlfriend's name? Tia Carrera plays it. Uh, Cassandra. 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 Yep. Cassandra's engaged. She's supposed to be getting married. Wayne's kind of down in the dumps about that. But ultimately, obviously, they end up getting back together. But Wayne's World, number two, is my number four. And listen, guys, one of the funniest quotes in the movie, I don't know if you remember this. So Kim Basinger, her her um, character is named Honey. And so they're together. And, and Kim Basinger's character says, so, Garth, would you like to have some dinner some night? And Garth's like, oh, I like to have dinner every night. <laughs> and, and Honey responds, Honey responds, 
Okay, look, I'm going to be Frank. And Garth responds, okay, can I still be Garth? <laughs> <laughs> I number feel like four. that's a line that you use a lot. Swing. Yeah. Swing. Wayne's World number two coming in at number four. She's like, can I be Frank? And you're like, can I be Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Love it, love it, love it. Great pick. Love the Wayne's World movies. I mean, we talk a lot about their soundtracks and stuff. But, man, Mike Myers, you know, talk about a guy who – was thriving, you know, from SNL to Wayne's world to, I'm not going to say it because you might hear it in a little bit, but he had quite a few characters and then into his voice roles, but love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Good pick. Number three. All right, guys coming in at number three, the year is 1999. I'm about to spill the tea on my old Lutheran church. I used to grow up at when I was a young child, a teenager, you know, I don't think anyone still goes there. So this won't shut them down. Uh, but basically back in the day, this was 1999. So I was about 12, 13 years old. We had a lock-in at the church and we got to take the church van to the movies. And they said, all right, guys, you know, you get to pick any movie that you want to see. And the 13 year old boys were all like, we've got to see this movie. It's a comedy, sort of a spy comedy. You know, it's, it's going to be classic, you know, probably pretty clean. You know, it's PG 13. That'll be all right. But the title alone probably should have prevented us from, from going in there with our youth group. And that was Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me <laughs> with characters such as get your finger ready, Kevin fat bastard, I believe was one of them. <laughs> Uh, we had mini me, if you remember him, that was probably like the ultimate character, right? Dr. Evil's little tiny little twin, right? You had Mike Myers, Heather Graham, Seth Green. I mean, to me, I didn't, the original movie was fine, but this movie was so classic. I mean, it was yes. so many classic lines. I mean, I, it was just the ultimate you know, you're becoming a teen and you make these crude little jokes and that's what the movie was all about. And to be honest with you guys, this movie made $312 million, which still in the nineties, that's, that's good. Uh, 52% Rotten Tomatoes, 6.6 IMDb, 86% of Google users like this movie. So, you know, Austin got his mojo back. I think it's safe to say. So uh, give me the spy who shagged me, Kevin, coming in at number three. Oh, behave. Oh, behave. That's it. That's it. Oh, my gosh. What a movie. I'm just oh, baby. To about, it's the absolute I'm just truest. To think about, oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say, it's the truest, like, 90s. Like, I always think about Austin Powers in the night because that's the height, the height of, like, <laughs> we want to be in the 60s or 70s right. and all that kind of stuff. The, the, back when the Spice Girls and all that stuff was, like, Oh, big. yeah. Um, and like, I was never allowed to go see those movies as a kid, but like, I always got to hear about my brothers, like going to Westgate mall while mom <laughs> yeah, and dad went oh, there yeah. in the upstairs theater and going to see Austin <laughs> Powers. I was like, God, one day. One day I'm going to get to see Austin Powers. I mean, you should have just gone to Christian's church. That's right. Absolutely. Listen, 13, PG 13, play by the rules, baby. I didn't even need parental guidance. It was suggested, Todd. (laughs) The tone of the movie is set pretty early on when when Austin Powers' wife, the Fembot, self destructs. (laughs) And he doesn't mourn more than five seconds because he gets excited that he's single again. Yeah. <laughs> and he starts dancing around the town. Do, 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 do. Oh that opening gosh. montage scene alone, like it, it's hilarious. And like you said, Houston, like it's so 90s. I mean, it was 99, but like everything about that character, like we said, Mike Myers plays characters. I mean, try to put that movie out today. I'd watch it. I don't think it would do well. No. Definitely man, man, as a guy who was a student pastor, I'm just trying to think about the discomfort of whatever adult was there in that movie with you, thinking about how they were going to have to explain to the parents what they no, saw. I oh mean, they probably wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I think that church uh, shut down after that that night. <laughs> that was the nail. We got locked in. We got locked out. You know. Oh I mean? boy, dude. Crushed it. Love that pick. Number three right there, Christian. Solid, man. Such crude humor, man. Love it. Yeah. That's great. All right. Houston, number three. Number three. Well, I'm going to stick similar vein. Comedy is not a a direct sequel. It's a third of four movies of a 
an SNL alum that was involved 73.30 million at the box office released in 1989. There's four movies that I watch on holidays. All right. I watch Independence Day on Independence Day. I watch I watch Ghostbusters on Halloween. I watch V for Vendetta on November the 5th. And at Christmas, I watch Christmas Vacation. Let's that go. Absolutely deserves to be on here. To me, there are two holiday movies that are quintessential. It's Elf and Christmas Vacation. They're the two best movies. This is one of the most relatable comedies. And look, it's one of the few that my parents didn't let me watch growing up. And then I convinced them to watch it a couple of years ago. And now they watch it every year, you know, so they, they just love, love it. it. It's a, it's a great, I don't know. It's just kind of a, it's something that transcends whatever decade you're in uh, when the way that it was made in the you know, late eighties, early nineties, people can all relate to it. So it's going to be a Christmas movie that everybody likes going forward. And it's probably the best out of the vacation movies that came out uh, because one of the few that wasn't in some place like Europe or uh, Wally world or wherever, um, it just was a super relatable comedy. And I think that's why it just transcends uh, so many different, so many different movies. Love it, Houston. I mean, uh, if you'd like, you, I could refill your eggnog, maybe drop you off in the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. My, uh, uh, my brother dresses up. <laughs> my brother dressed up for, uh, as Cousin Eddie for the last two Christmases at the Christmas uh, party. And he it. does look like him a little bit, which is a little bit troubling to me. <laughs> that is great. Is there a better Kevin. character than that guy? Oh, uh, no. Uh, That's perfect. Not. What does he say, Kevin, when he's outside with a cigar and he's <laughs> pumping that thing out of his RV? What does he say? Something's, what does he say, Kevin? I always forget. I don't know, Margo. <laughs> no, he says pooper full. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. I'm just playing. The carpet's you. all wet, Todd. Listen, love that pick. You know, I actually, Houston, that's, I'm glad you picked it because I was looking at that list of, of movies and I was like, you know, you got, you know, the first one and then you got European and then you got Christmas, then you got Vegas. You got a lot in that. I mean, what a great series. I mean, Chevy Chase, man, talk about seventies, eighties gold. If we ever did like our favorite comedians, I mean, he's got to be up there. I mean, there was nobody better. I even loved him in the show community that came on NBC in the like 20, 2009 to 2014 era. I mean, even as a senile old man, I mean, the guy is classic. So love the pick. I do too, man. Fantastic. For me, uh, this is the only animated movie on my list. And I took the second installment of the series, but honestly, I feel like you could have inserted any of the other ones. I'm going to go with Toy Story 2. Yes. Tim Allen, Good Tom call. Hanks. You know, 1999 Pixar movie. Had a $90 million budget, grossed $511 million. Premise of the story is Woody gets stolen. You know, so they have to go get him back. Uh, you got Kelsey Grammer. It's Pete the Prospector, right? Like, there's so many, <laughs> so many great characters. Frazier. You know? And I never get get tired of those movies. Um, and they're just, you know, it's, it's probably my favorite animated series, if I had, if I had to guess. But it's, it's just really good. Love it, Todd. I also kind of uh, toyed around with that, uh, no pun intended. Thought about putting it on there. Um, have you seen... Lightyear. I know it's coming to Disney Plus in two days. It doesn't have Tim Allen, so I'm a little bit buzzed, bummed about it. But what do you say? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I'll check it out though. You know, yeah, um, you know, it'll be free. So yeah, exactly. Sure. But I ain't paying money for it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the pick. I mean, I, the Toy Story movies are great, like you said. I mean, I've actually seen every one in theaters except for the most recent Lightyear, and I, there's no shame. You know, they started in the 90s, right? So, I mean, I was right. like nine years old or whatever when the first one came out, and then the second one came out. I was 24, I think, when the third one came out and went to the IMAX theater and saw it. Then the next one came out. I was in my 30s. It got a little bit creepy when you're the only guy sitting in there by yourself watching Toy Story, realizing you've outgrown it. But still, great films, Todd. Respect it perspective yeah considered didn't make the list but fantastic movie just a whole series man all right coming in at number two here we go we're going back to 100 nostalgia are you on number two yet or number are three? we on number three what the heck am i talking <laughs> three. about number three yes. hey, don't jump the gun <laughs> maverick hey, we, am i right because of the that. top <laughs> all right 
Number three, Christian, the exact same movie as you, buddy. Austin Powers, Shut up. The Spy Who Shagged Me. Here we go. I mean, Let's you, go. You've talked about it. One thing that you didn't mention, though, was the cameos as well, man. Jerry Springer. Mm. Oh, yeah. Hey, Willie Nelson comes in there. Woody Harrelson. Oh, uh, yeah. You mentioned the classic characters. I mean, it's just absolutely hilarious. I haven't watched it in a long time, but here we go. How about, how about this for a quote? If you've got a time machine, why don't you just go back and kill Austin Powers when he's sitting on the crapper or something? Scott says that, Dr. Evil. How about no, Scott? Okay. <laughs> How about no, Scott? Okay. Turn the freaking bone go. here. Okay. Okay. You're the Diet Coke of evil. You're light evil. You're quasi evil. You know, I used to have a poster in my bedroom that had his entire speech, the Dr. Evil thing about the evil and like how he was created. I was obsessed with that. And how about this quote as well? I mean, everybody knows this one right here. Number two says, why not use your knowledge of the future to play the stock markets? We could make trillions. Why make a trillion when we could make billions? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. man. They love it. They don't make them like that. Yep, yep. Number three, Spy Shagman. Love it. I love when we see duplicates like that, because I thought I was the only idiot that was thinking that, and I'm so glad I'm not alone in my thoughts. Love it. Great stuff. Number two. All right, guys. Again, sticking to this 90s theme. Again, didn't mean to. It's just where we're at. And when I thought of sequels, guys, I don't know, but sometimes things stick in your head from childhood, uh, whether or not you saw the movie then or maybe a little bit later. But I don't think there's any question that Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger was in his prime in the 80s and 90s. And when I think of sequel titles... Mm. This one, to me, might be the coolest title for a sequel. Coming in at number two, everybody should know John Connor, and everybody should know the director, who I'm giving credit, guys, Mr. Jimmy James Cameron. I bashed him last episode, if you remember, talking about Avatar and Titanic, but I am going to make him totally redeem himself with Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This film came out July 3rd, 1991, I believe was the highest grossing movie in 91, making close to $521 million. Um, Again, didn't see the movie when I was like four years old. Uh, Saw it a little bit later, I think when I was getting into my teens. And just, it's a very sci-fi type movie. So if you've ever seen these kind of movies, the Terminator movies, the Total Recall movies, you kind of got to get in that mindset. Uh, But for me, talk about a movie that stood the test of time. Talk about a movie that did some, gosh, they did so much good marketing and advertising. All I think about in the nineties is when Arnold Schwarzenegger says, I'll be back. Right. Like we still say Mm -hmm. that stuff today. This thing got 93% rotten tomatoes, 8.6 IMDB. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, it's Terminator two judgment day at number two. Iconic. What a great pitch. Hey, fun fact about this somehow or another, I talked my grandmother into letting me rent this i don't know how old i was but <laughs> i was right I, yes i definitely wasn't actually you know what in berea we had movies this place called we, uh, we had a video express you could oh, okay do, you could do one night's at video express but for 90 50 cents yeah i could <laughs> i couldn't watch it rated r movies but somehow i lied and convinced my grandmother to let me rent that bad boy and so i did man watch some terminator 2 judgment day in shamrock acres back in the day is she the same person that let Christian go to see the Austin Powers movie? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, what did I tell her I was seeing? You know, probably, uh, I told her I was seeing that movie with uh, John Travolta about the angel. Was it Michael? I didn't tell her it was uh, Michael Myers. <laughs> Going from a uh, iconic James Cameron. I don't know if you've seen that South Park bit. Of James oh, Cameron. Yes. Great. Love it. From one great director to a a criminally underrated sequel that I don't think gets the proper respect. This is one that I break the rule on again with a number three from Mr. Steven Spielberg with a writing team of Jeffrey Bohm, George Lucas, and Minnow Mayahis. I think I'm pronouncing that name right. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade is is. criminally underrated. Uh, and I mean, this is a lot for me because I love Indiana Jones, like the first three, like King of the Crystal Skull does not count. Like it did not happen. And I'm not going to go see the new Indiana Jones movie <laughs> because I don't want it to sell a right, right. 
it's kind of weird getting to this, like, you know, I was never allowed to watch Temple of Doom growing up. And then I saw Temple of Doom uh, in high school and in college. And I was like, this is better because it's darker and all this. And then as I matured, I was like, no, this is actually not that good. The writing is horrible in this movie and the character <clears throat> development is even worse. And so it made me respect the third one because it goes back to the true form of, of what made Raiders of the Lost Ark such a great movie. It's a very similar storyline, but it introduces a little bit more of a family dynamic. Sean Connery, fantastic uh, in this movie, getting back to more of having to deal with getting ancient artifacts and finding ancient and biblical artifacts in the time of, of Nazi Germany. Um, it's a fantastic, tightly knit storyline to go through and, and to interweave that family dynamic makes it great. And, and the fact that they're able to, to kind of seamlessly tie in a lot of biblical dialogue like, it's not just like, oh, we're just going to toss the Holy Grail or the Ark of the Covenant in there. They know their stuff. Um, <clears throat> and I think that's why there's a lot of people that, uh, that appreciate it. And so I've always got a soft spot um, for, for those types of movies. So Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade may not be the number two for everybody. And I don't expect it to be. But for me, I think it's number two. I love it. Uh, I love that. I think yeah. uh, Todd and Kevin were sweating when you said George Lucas. They were worried that Star Wars was coming. No. <laughs> well, well, when you said when you said Spielberg, that that gave it away that it wasn't wasn't going to be Star Wars. But um, I love all the Indiana Jones movies. Now, I definitely disagree with you on the Temple of Doom. I love it, man. Yeah. It, it may it's be good movie. it may be my favorite Indiana Jones. Um, and you know, that's funny that you play, you're playing on the dark side though, a little bit, because it is, and maybe that's why I like it a little bit better. I'm not yeah. quite sure, but all of the Indiana Jones movies, in my opinion, I mean, just classic, right? Just adventures, yeah. booby traps. I mean, the whole nine yards, right? You got a little you bit can't of say that, Kevin. <laughs> All right, man. Great pick. There you go. So for me, uh, number two, I'm going to circle back around on something that's already been mentioned. I saw this actually just a couple weeks ago. Top Gun Maverick jumps jump way up the list for me. Maybe it's just because I did just recently to see it and was, you know, in love with it, like captivated. I don't know that I've been to a movie in a long time where I was just reeled in from the start to the finish. I love you know the 80s and i thought this movie did such a great job of bringing back some of the nostalgic like pieces of that original movie without it being cheesy a lot of times you when when movies try to do that it comes across as just not good not well done i felt like they did it in a way that it was like you know you you see it and you're like oh yeah that's that's from the original you know original flick and so uh top gun maverick for me and actually just as a confession here I didn't even have it on my list, but when he mentioned it earlier, I bumped something else out of my audible, list. I I, audible. I, yeah, I guess I didn't I didn't think about it because it is so new. Uh, but I bumped it up on my list because I did love it so much. How about that? Houston, you're already influencing the pod. Uh hey Colin, can we get a little great balls of fire? <laughs> Colin, you there, Kevin? Good one day is great. Great balls of fire. Yeah, you look like Miles Teller doing that, buddy. <laughs> Like that. That feels good. <laughs> Dude, love that. Top Gun Maverick. All right, here we go. Let's go. Uh, let's rewind a little bit and go back to what I started my number three with, with my number two. All right, number two, 100% nostalgia, classic feels. Watch this movie every single year, multiple times, whether it's in the summertime, whether it's in December, in the spirit of Christmas. My number two guys is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Get out. Love it. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I love it. We, got, we got the same entire cast as Home Alone number one, except this one stars Donald Trump, obviously. Obviously, we've also got Rob Schneider, <laughs> Tim Curry as well. Everybody knows the story. Poor Kevin, right? I mean, the guy just can't catch a break, but deep down inside, we all know that he really wants to get lost and fight off the sticky bandits. And number two, not the wet <laughs> bandits anymore. But guys, one of my favorite clips in the movie is the brick scene. Love it when he's just pounding. A brick kit. Just, just pounding Marv with the bricks. Mm, how many? Marv, Marv, how many fingers am I holding up? Eight. <laughs> you know, love, love, love that, that whole scene. Hey, yeah. And then I also love the part, man, where 
the hotel staff runs into to the building and he plays the movie, you know, Angels with Filthier Souls. And he's, oh, yeah, don't give me that. You've been smooching with everybody. Uh, Snuffy, Snuffy, Al, Al Leo, Leo. Mo with the Gippy, <laughs> Gippy leg, Bony Bob, uh, Cliff. Cliff. He's looking, Woo! it's a lie, it's a lie. <laughs> then he says, The guy's name Cliff. Forever. And then finally, Tim Curry, uh, whatever his character's name is, I forget, but he's like, I'm afraid you're mistaken. Yeah. Oh my gosh, love yeah, the movie. The best that's my, scene. That's my number two. The best scene, though, Kevin, is one that you reenact every day uh, when your son Asa comes in when you're showering. Get out of here, you nosy little pervert. I'll slap you silly. <laughs> <laughs> am I right or am I right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uncle Lots Frank, movie, ladies man. and gentlemen. Oh man. Oh, Whew, love it, Kevin. I can't recover from that one. <laughs> Two scoops, make it three. I'm not driving. <laughs> number one. All right, guys, coming in at number one, you know, Kevin, I don't know if we mentioned this, but normally these are impossible tasks. I think with sequels, we're going to do this tonight, fellas. We're going to land the plane. We're all going to have our top five and we're all going to go home feeling pretty good about it. But Kevin, the same way that you took the spy who shagged me, I took your same vein. My number one is home alone Two, baby. Talk about an amazing sequel, but talk about it never got any better than that. I mean, if you love New York, you might love that one better than the first one. I have a lot of friends that actually do like home alone Two better than the original. So guys, I have some statistics on this movie because we've heard a lot about the other movies tonight, how they did in the box office, sort of what the Rotten Tomatoes were. So I just wanted to kind of talk through this for a second. I don't think it gets respect, guys. Home Alone mm. 2 got 35% Rotten Tomatoes. That's some bull crap right there, man. I mean, it was 1992 when this movie came out, obviously around the holidays. So again, you know, I'm six years old, but I'm 36 years old. And this movie, to me, stands the test of time. Talk about the cast. I mean, Joe Pesci, for starters, a guy who stars in mob films, and you got him to play in this kind of PG-rated movie? I mean, you know, you got Daniel Stern. You got people like Tim Curry, like you said, John Hurd from Big. How about Catherine O'Hara, who's still tearing it up with Shit's Creek? Obviously, that's over. But, I mean, Beetlejuice, she did so much in that time. What an amazing cast. And, and talk about the guy who discovered America actually directed this, Mr. Chris Columbus, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I'm no history buff, but that's cool. Um, or indigenous, <laughs> whatever you call it. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, I mean, talk about it. I, I like the soundtrack to this movie and the first one. Sometimes I'll just put it on my Alexa and just let it ride. Um, but, you know, the rest of the family's going to Miami. Kevin's up in New York. I mean, you mentioned all the classic scenes. And, I mean, to think you could top his own house. He goes to his what uncle's house where he's remodeling. And my favorite scene, if you could see me reenact this one is where <laughs> his, Marv gets electrocuted and he's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> entire body becomes a skeleton. I mean, I, I literally send that gift to people like all day, every day when I get excited about things. So I can't get enough of it, guys. Home Alone 2 lost in New York. Take your rotten tomatoes and throw them in the trash because IMDb at least gave it a 6.8 and 91% of Google users like the movie. That's all I care about. Give me Macaulay Culkin. Give me Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. Number one. I like it. What a pick. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly kind of shocked. And granted, I don't, I don't, I'm still learning the, the group here. So if I get, I get, if I get a slap on the wrist, but for this one uh, and I'm, it's not going to be the one that you think that it is. I'm look, I love star Wars. I love Marvel. I'm a big action guy. I love all that stuff, but there's one movie that was the hypest blockbuster movie of the late two thousands. And it just happened to come out on my 18th birthday. I'm going to take everybody back to July 18th, 2008. And that is the dark Knight. That Let's go. is the best sequel of all time. Best villain of all time. I don't care what anyone says about the Joker. Heath Ledger's Joker is the greatest of all the villains of all time. He played it perfectly. Christian Great. Bale, even with his gravelly voice plays a very grounded <laughs> Batman. I, I respect more now with all these, these universes and stuff like that being brought out in DC and Marvel, a more grounded approach to this and a more believable villain. Um, Christopher Nolan is probably, 
I don't want to compare him to a Spielberg or Tarantino or anything, but as far as modern filmmaking goes, he's willing to dare and do things differently than everyone else. I was one of the few people that actually got out in the theaters that went and go see his last one. Um, what was it? Uh, Tenet? When saw Tenet Dude, in theaters. No, I did. I saw that in 2020. That's yeah. listen, me and you, I think we're going to jive here yeah. because Tenet is the reason why I knew that this Batman movie was going to be epic. Because yeah. if you remember in that movie, you know, Mr. Edward Cullen from Twilight himself, you yeah. know, Robert Pattinson in Tenet was so good. I was already yeah. confirmed. I'm, that I'm so, and I'm already, I'm already sold. I'm already sold on his next movie, Cillian Murphy, Robert Downey oh, Jr. Dude. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Give me oh, it. So tell Go me Inter- Interstellar is a top movie of yours then? I mean, Interstellar is up there. I don't think it's, I think. But it's up I there. Think there's, it's up there. Absolutely. Inception. Inception. Oh, yeah. That's right. I mean, everything you know, Nolan does, right? Yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. what he does. It just, it, I, it sounds weird to say that it's it challenges you thinking as a filmmaker yeah. does, but he does. And even with a superhero movie, he provided a nuanced take for something that seems 2D for a lot of people. I mean, you think about all the CGI and all the, like, all this. This was a nuanced approach. It, it wasn't your typical all right, we're going to fight and have one big duo. It it had stakes. It had mistakes. It had a fully layered story. And I feel like that was the perfect superhero movie and the perfect sequel. So Houston, love it. Here's what I will say. If we did this again in 30 minutes, The Dark Knight would probably be my number one. Quite mm-hmm. honestly, I was pretty rigid with what I was picking. And this stands alone as a trilogy in its own, obviously. Yeah with Batman mm-hmm. Begins and then Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. I actually think if you ask me for my top five or 10 movies of all time, this would be on that list. I, you Like you said, Heath Ledger, T's and P's, the character he played. I mean, it's just like, it's a Christopher Nolan film. I mean, everything yeah. about it. I mean, that's from the casting to the music, to the darkness, to the way he portrayed Batman, to the characters. Man, I mean, hands down, when we said we were doing sequels and I first do a little bit of like first thing that comes to mind, spitfire from my brain, the dark Knight is one of the first movies that came to me. We recently did a superhero movie and some other movies around this. And so I think I kind of had that bias, like Kevin says, where you you don't want to pick something again, but yeah, stick around. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it again. And for the record, I actually really like star Wars. So these other guys, they can go home. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think the Dark Knight was on uh, everybody's list on the superhero it was. Uh, episode, and so man, what a great pick! Oh yeah, it's tremendous. That's exactly the reason why I didn't have it exactly what Christian said, but no, it's worthy of a top five. It's worthy of a number one. It's tremendous. So for me, number one, surprisingly enough, is going to be Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Uh, oh, I, Three I out of really, four. Let's go. I didn't really think that other people would put it on the list just because it was a Christmas movie. I didn't think people would think about it. But, man, what a great movie. It's I think it's the first movie, it's the first sequel I ever saw that made me want to see more movies. Then I saw Home Alone 3, and that was a disaster. But <laughs> Listen, the latest one on Disney Plus is better than Home Alone 3, so check it really? out. Home Alone Again or something? I forget what it's yeah. called. But Buzz okay. is in it, the original Buzz. Wow. Yeah, we tried okay. to get him. Like you were messaging him like every so, day. So yeah, I don't know if you guys remember. I figured he had fallen from fame since '92, and right. then he gets sort of this kind of weird allegation with his ex girlfriend. And I was like, he's at a low point. Give me Devin Rattray, Buzz from Home Alone. <laughs> I was literally DMing him on Instagram, and he was talking to me. I think he just needed a friend. Oh, wow. He was living in <laughs> New York of all places. A little trap wow. sniffer. And, you know, <laughs> joke was on him. He was such a bully growing up, and now I feel like it's kind of caught up to him, you know? Karma is for real. Right. I don't know if I misread this, but I read today that Macaulay Culkin made $110,000 for the first one. I don't. That's uh, got to be a, a misprint or something. No, I bet but, you uh, they did that to him. That's why he looks so terrible right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he got like $4.5 million plus 5% of the gross for uh, Home Alone 2. Okay. And so, man, it... it and I, I, I like it as much as the, the first one, if not better sometimes, depending on when I watch it. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm with you. So like Christmas in July just happened. I've been, I watched Elf the other day to your point there, Houston. I mean, what a great 
great flick that is too. But for me, so those are my, my movies I got to watch in the holiday season that starts in November and goes till February is Home Alone, <laughs> Home Alone 2, Elf, Christmas Vacation, and throw in Groundhog Day. <laughs> Negative Ghost Rider. That's February 2nd or something. Come on. I got to end it sometime. Right. Great pick. Love it. Love to see it come back. Macaulay's getting royalties from every episode. So, oh, yeah. Obviously, we're going to get him on. All right, guys. Not a surprise here. Recency bias playing a huge, huge part. No doubt about it. But, man, I just can't think of anything better that I continue to talk about with this much excitement. And when I hear Christian still say, I haven't seen it yet, I'm like, are you kidding me? How can you not have seen this by now? I mean, especially you being a flick guy. But you're going to see it 20 years down the road, Christian. That's how you work, right? I mean, whenever it comes out, you wait 20 years, then you see it. So I get that. But, yeah, we've got top gun maverick man is my number one sequel right now and again there's no hidden agenda in this movie i don't feel like and it's it's nice it's refreshing there's it it's not full of just bad language every single sentence i mean that's appealing to me that it's that it's not and here we are in 2022 and then honestly it's hard to find movies like that and it's just from start to finish captivating love how he how he pushes that speed record and in the very first scene love how it ends i mean the last hour of this movie i was sitting on the edge of my seat i didn't want it to end when i thought it was going to end it didn't end it kept going it had layer after layer the character development the new characters in it i think are likable and hateable as they should be i mean just just good movies. And I can't remember who said, does it save cinematic movies? Does it save the movie theater business? Possibly, man, because this movie gave me the exact type feel that caused me to, to love the movies back in the day, right? You got those same excited feelings about going and see a movie that you just love so much. You couldn't wait to go back to see another one with the hopes that you would be feeling the exact same way. So number one for me, Top Gun Maverick. Kevin, this is so funny because I did not plan this, but it all comes full circle. So everyone listening is probably thinking, what happened to that 13-year-old boy who saw Austin Powers with his church youth group? Did he go to hell? And so what I wanted to tell you guys is I actually was saved. I was baptized. And the church I go to now, four weeks ago, started a summer series called like At the Movies or something, where the pastor literally, the first thing, and it came on the screen and I about walked out. It was Top Gun Maverick. And they literally were telling me things happening in that movie. And I was like, la, 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 showing clips, which I think is illegal. I hope they don't hear it. I'm literally like, what's going on? He was like, if you haven't seen it by now, I was like, I haven't seen it by now, Pasta. Don't do it. You know, I'm going to go to the green room with the kids. So anyway, it all came full circle. I kind of know a little bit about it, but that's what I do. Like I anticipate movies so much. I read the Wikipedia page. I find the results out for every wrestling pay-per-view and then I watch it. I don't care. It's cool. Roman Reigns, he beat Brock Lesnar. Spoiler alert, SummerSlam. Anyway, all I'm saying is Top Gun, Maverick, August 23rd, streaming on the band. If I don't see it before then, shame on me. If I wait till then, shame on you. Uh, but all in all, I think that was a good turn coming of age story for Christian. What do you guys think? Pretty cool. Hey, just just call me. Just call me when you decide to do the on demand, and I'll come over there and just have with your mustache. With you. Yeah, with your mustache. I'll, I'll grow it back. Can we share the popcorn? Yeah, we can. Maybe two straws. I just make just make sure it's the movie theater butter. Oh, absolutely. Act right. two. Act two. Yeah. Only, only way. So, home style is good too, though. Oh yeah, butter yeah. lovers too as well. It's got, a, it's got extra salt on there. Love that stuff. I'd like to put cottage hey. cheese on his popcorn, right, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds uh, so disgusting. It oh, does, man. man. <laughs> it does. Hey, that was a fun episode. Oh, Houston, listen, buddy, we enjoy it, man. I, I what I learned about you is number one, uh, Morgan was right. Uh, you're amazing movie junkie, movie buff. Uh, we respect every single pick and what you had to say about it. I want to hear more, man. Obviously, you know, we'll be listening to the Morgan Thomas show to hear you. I've already uh, been checking and following you out with all your Clemson content. Obviously, you know, at, at least all of us here, right, are Clemson boys, right, Todd? I know you live in Georgia, but you haven't been tainted, right? No, never. 
Good, good. That's what good. I like. Oh, yeah. Todd, Todd's hardcore, man. I mean, listen, you want to talk Clemson football recruiting with anyone, Todd's your guy. Listen, Kevin, I need you to hit Houston with some rapid fire real quick because the All fans right. love that stuff. All right. It could be anything. Football, movies, All right. Clemson. This is off, the, off the top of my head, man. Not even okay. not even thinking about it real quick. And then then you can tell the people about where they can find all your all your stuff. But here we go. All right, Clemson's football record this year, regular season. Um, at minimum eleven and one. Ooh, eleven and one. How about that? Does DJ make it as the starter all the way through the season? Mm, my head says my head says no my heart says yes okay i don't know yeah all right the best junk cereal best junk cereal yes Ooh, ah, man, you gotta go with tricks man that's what i go with tricks are for kids how about that <laughs> son yeah. all right top, i'm craving tricks right now top, top little debbie cake oh Man, you gotta you gotta give me some forewarning on that, man. I could I could do a top five Debbie cakes if you wanted to. With That's that. episode number yeah. one, son. <laughs> yeah. episode number Let's one, do it again. Right? Let's do it yeah. again. That would be fun, like a live yeah. taste test to, on it. If I had to, all right, I'm gonna give you the top five of my own. Okay. Oh wow. Right, Swiss rolls. That's oh. number oh. number five. All right. The Christmas tree cakes. That's oh, yeah. number four. Mm. All right. Be. Number three. Underrated Star Crunch. Colin would love that. Number two is going to be the fudge rounds. And this is a tough choice, but number one has got to be oatmeal. Oatmeal. Oh, Debbie let's go. It's classic. Go. That was a great list. That's a great list. That's a solid five. list, man. That's five, yeah. that's five classics for sure. All right. I like that. Okay. Here we go. Favorite fast food restaurant. Favorite fast food restaurant. I'm going to have to go with, um, mm, you know, Chick-fil-A is good. It's great. I love it. But like, if I'm really feeling froggy, I'm going to cook out. Nice. Ooh. And what kind You're of milkshake wrong. you get in there, dude? Uh, you know, it's been so long since I've gotten a milkshake there. I normally used to do like a cookie dough milkshake at cookout. This is back in college. We would go after FCA. I'd get a cookie dough milkshake, eat it, and then all the guys there would go wash out the cups in the bathroom and fill it up with cheer wine afterwards. Yes. That's- how dirt poor we were, but I freaking love cookout, man. <laughs> love it. <laughs> all right. Awesome. Favorite, favorite current Atlanta Brave. Favorite current Atlanta Brave. I got to I mean, I got to go with the guy that just signed a $212 million contract. Hey man, Austin that. Riley, man, fires built me like up. a thoroughbred horse, man. I love him. I mean, if, <laughs> if there's anybody I want to look like, it's that guy. Absolutely. No about it. All right, here we go. Favorite all-time Clemson Tiger. Favorite all-time Clemson Tiger. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to go off of the beaten path like i said this is all kind of based off nostalgia um but i got i got a chance to interview him a few months ago i'm gonna go with woody dantzler um he was one of the his early memory games um you know the 2000 north carolina game when i was there and brandon streeter got hurt he comes in and leads into a victory i was sold i love woody dantzler he was great and i really wish he could at least had a shot at playing a dcs game and those uniforms were fire Listen, oh, he, I know. Yes. Can we yes. please, can we, can we please bring yeah. back some white on purple? My goodness, yes. dude. Exactly. Those purple oh, pants. How about the wild fire. collar, right? With the crazy little tiger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me just all I need is a little bit of purple stripes. Well, like the, the 90s jersey, kind of like with the black purple number on there. Oh, man. If all right. Like, it, all right. Oh, I, got, I, got, I got two more for you here, okay? Okay. I'll, all right. How long before Clemson makes the College World Series again? I'll tell you. Backitch is a guy that can do it. I think they made a A plus hire with him. I'm 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 going to say at least I think they can do it in the next five years. I think I think you're going to see a stair step progression. It's going to take some time to build up for with him and his system. But I think they made an absolutely spot on hire for someone who look he took Michigan. To the national championship game and, and Dagum near won it. Um, and if you're gonna do it with with the lack of facilities and support they have at Michigan, the ceiling's the roof with uh with <laughs> with Clemson baseball. So Love I think that. I think I think in the next five years he can he can take All right. it. Sweet, sweet. And last question. Here we go. What is your favorite all-time music group or singer? Oh way, man. Y'all are y'all are putting me on the spot. Got me um, like a knife. All right. I, I I have one that's currently on there, but I have to just go with what I've been 
I was the only kid with this album in fifth grade. I've had every single one of his albums from start to finish. Call me weird, call me crazy, but it's John Mayer. Um, John Mayer, I had a I had a John Mayer album in fourth grade. Uh, I was looked at like a weird kid because I was listening to like indie rock and acoustic artists while everybody else was listening to like stuff. So I have two brothers that were musicians. So it was a little bit of dance to my taste. So John Mayer was not bad. Um, son. Love you John know, Mayer. I mean, he plays yeah, with dead. And Mayer. Co, so he's respect. I mean, the guitar play. Yeah. Yeah. And Hey, Colin, what you got? Your body is a wonder. There, there we go. That's, that's what I'll I was use my hand. All right. Houston, let us know where we can find you, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, you can find me a couple different spots, man. Uh, Morgan Thomas show. We are on YouTube every Thursday night, starting at seven o'clock. We'll probably be tweaking the show a little bit for football season, um, but you'll be able to see me most Thursday nights, 7 p.m. YouTube. And there's some other things in the work. There might be other ways to see it. But right now, just on YouTube at seven. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Radio Guy Houston. Um, I cover generally all Clemson or other things like Braves, Carolina Panthers, TV shows and movies sometimes I'm watching I'm almost caught up with Yellowstone so you might see me talking about that um, okay. and then you can also see me write I've got an article coming out this week uh, with rubbingtherock.com it's my final quote-unquote fluff piece um, before we get into the crux of football season uh, so you can always see me writing there and, and the good content with the boys over at rubbing the rock so that's that's me in a nutshell I heard that, brother. Well, listen, we're about to run out of time here, but, man, appreciate you all joining us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Say goodnight, Kevin. Thank you for joining us this week on the Power 5 Podcast. My name is Kevin, and this week we tackle our favorite sequels as we continue our movie series. Join us, joining us on the pod this week. Let me start back over. <clears throat> Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Reese, Reese, Thank you for joining us this week on the Power 5 Podcast. My name is Kevin, and this week we tackle our favorite sequels as we continue our movie series. Join us, joining us. I did it again. That gummit. Joining us, joining us, joining us, joining us. I swear he's done this for two years now. He's great. Joining us. Hey, this is episode 73. All right, here we go. Last Who's time. counting? Hey, if I mess up this time, we're just going with it. Roll with it. Oh, man. Well, all right. So going from an iconic. Hold movie, on. Hold on. We literally skipped. Wait, I thought. Never mind. I apologize. I thought. Oh, Todd all good. Good. We're good. I was about to bash Todd for jumping in line, but all Todd yeah. was doing was commentating. All right, Houston, you're up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Cut my mic. Cut my mic. It's okay. There's right, an outtake. So. Fires me up, man. That's a all five of these lists, or excuse me, all, all four of these lists. All four of these. You're lists thinking of Brant's ghost list and Colin's voice. Well, Colin, I forgot. Yeah, we did have five. So, hey, Colin, well, Colin hold on. What are your five? Um, uh, the squeakquel, uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, uh, uh, number four, Field uh, of Dreams two. Um, Summer uh, uh, Catch five. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's gonna kill us for this because he's well, no, he'll never hear it. He'll never. Oh yeah, it. that's true. That's, that's true. Right.